Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Wisdom Wednesdays, a little midweek dose of thoughts and reflections. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, author and entrepreneur, passionate about stretching minds and perspectives to release you from the past and open your mind up to the unlimited possibilities that life offers each and every one of us if we care to look. If you like the Not Perfect podcast, please share, rate and comment as that really helps me grow this show to bring you even more inspiring guests weekly. On today's podcast, I have the wonderful Anushka Florence, who is the author and founder of The Goddess Space. Inspired by her own spiritual journey, she went on a quest to create beautiful sacred spaces to support, hold, and empower women. Anushka offers women's circles, women's circle training, one-to-one sessions, sacred online communities, pop-up events, as well as private ritual gatherings, including bridal and baby blessings. Having worked with companies, like Facebook to Vogue and traveled to the biggest festivals around the world to spread her intimate living room pop-ups to honor her mission to bring people together in a special way. Anushka draws upon her ancestral wisdom, her life experiences and the spiritual teachings she has learned along the way. She has trained women worldwide on how to hold their own circles, committing to the deep intention of reclaiming the circle and restoring this ancient feminine practice. Her new book, The Women's Circle, is so beautiful and I found it totally fascinating to learn about how coming together is so central to our history as a species and yet has been lost in the power struggles that have dominated our evolution. What is a favorite quote you return to often and why? It's a quote by Ram Dass and it says, we are all just walking each other home. And for me, that quote really speaks of our connection to one another and how each person serves as such a teacher and a guide to walking each other back to our spirits, our hearts, our souls. It speaks as well to the people that trigger us, that challenge us, that (laughs) we feel aren't walking us home, but actually what they're bringing up in you is supporting you and returning back to yourself really thoughtful. What's a life lesson you've been reminded of recently and why? So I tend to um, get inspired and look to nature often for my lessons and teachings. And in London at the moment, we have been blessed with this pop of blossom. And the blossom has reminded me that everything is impermanent. In Japanese culture, when they see the cherry blossom, they don't just look at it or take a picture, but they actually take time to sit under the tree because they know the blossom will pass. And so these past two weeks, I've really been allowing myself to get present with the blossom, to sit under it, knowing that it will pass, it will fade. And if I don't capture this moment now, it won't return. And it's a beautiful reminder 
of everything in life, of our feelings, of our emotions, experiences, challenging times, beautiful times, all of life is impermanent. And if we just sit under it, allow ourselves to be with it, we can receive its medicine and and then let it go. Love, 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 love. Thank you for that. (laughs) And how do you understand the soul? I guess for me, it's the essence of life that is housed in our physical body, but that exists through everything as well. So the soul is how I find oneness with the world, through each other, through nature, because I believe soul and spirit lives in all beings and we share that essence. Our physical vessels look different and are different, but the soul is the thing that we all share. It's our oneness, it is our connection. So I'm very excited to dive into your book. As I mentioned, the book is like a collector's piece. It's so aesthetically beautiful and full of all this, such kind of sacred wisdom that you've put into it. Why did you decide to put all of your research and experiences into a book? So I've been running circles for seven, eight years. And when I got pregnant, I received a very strong message from within me that it was going to be hard to hold as many circles as I was growing a life and birthing a baby and then becoming a mother and and transitioning. And so I decided that I wanted to gather all my teachings, all my wisdom, all my experiences, everything that I had learned and support women in being able to hold their own. What I found was it, it was like people kept coming to me asking me to hold circles and because I was saying no and holding my boundaries at the time, I felt a bit, yeah, like I, I, I needed to empower other women to know that not only could they hold their own, but they could, they could step into that because the circle lies within each woman. This isn't something I've created. This is something I've reclaimed. Um, the circle is ancient and it lives within each woman. So, knowing that most women have forgotten this practice, it was my intention to help women remember. And the most powerful way I could do that was to gather it all up and seal it into a book and be able to pass that on. And it really does feel like a gift. I guess for people who don't even understand what even a circle, Mm -hmm. even this word, like what even it relates to, to put simply, what is a woman's circle? What happens? So a woman's circle is, it's an ancient feminine practice. It's a gathering. It's a sacred space created for women to gather where they can be held and heard and seen and witnessed, most importantly, on their journeys. So we gather in circle to support each other and help each other remember our power, our magic. And these circles are ancient. They they began hundreds and hundreds of years ago, we can find threads to their origins. And they were really created in order to support women, usually during their time of bleed. And what this gave space to was for a woman to remember the magic and the power and the medicine that was rising through them at that time. Um, Because back then it was considered when a woman was bleeding that she was at her most powerful So these spaces were created to support that. And then as the circles 
ebbed and flowed. These spaces were really here to support women as they journey through rites of passage, challenging times, through beautiful times. But like I said, the circle is really here to witness you, where you feel safe and held and seen. So I thought it was fascinating, the origins of these circles. That particular chapter had me totally gripped. And so there's multiple questions I want to ask you about why do you think circles have had a resurgence now? Like, why now? Because as you write in the book, they were totally taken away from our general lifestyle, especially during the hunting of the witch era. Mm -hmm. And second of all, I was fascinated about the fact that menstruating back then seemed to be a time of celebration. And where on earth has it gone wrong for us to have now seen this time as a nuisance, something dirty and messy. And also what's interesting is when you were writing about the bleeding hearts, these are wonderful. It's a time for women to like take a break from their responsibilities, from the load of life, from cooking and cleaning. Whereas other people have spoken about bleeding hearts as a punishment. And I thought, God, how interesting how history can be reinterpreted <laughs> based on the lens that somebody wants to place on it. Totally. Well, Yeah, to talk firstly about where they went and why they have returned. As I wrote in the book, with the rise of the patriarchy came basically a threat that women held when they were in their power. Because as we know, in any cultures that are trying to control people in their power become very, very threatening. And so in order to control the women, they started to overtake their power, ban their wisdom. It's where we see the fall of midwifery, of herbalism, sacred feminine arts such as the tarot. All these tools became threatening to the patriarchy. And so it was easier to claim that they were the devil worshippers or they were the witches or they were dangerous than to allow the feminine wisdom to come in. So if you look at the origins of the the name witch, it's a wise woman. And the more women were threatened and the more women had their power taken away, the more they realized that they had two choices, die or to hide. And one of the the biggest pulls of the feminine is, is she's mother first. And so in order to protect her children, herself, most women decided to hide their power. And as more women got birth, the generations and generations and generations as power got hidden and hidden and hidden until now we stand on this powerful portal in in a lifetime of which women are beginning to remember and women are beginning to unearth the seeds of their great-great-grandmothers and they're beginning to feel them rising up again. And this is the time of the feminine rising. And so it is no coincidence why these circles are beginning to pop up. It's the seeds of the women who came before us. And I guess that this idea of women being threatening, I still see that in society today mm-hmm. in this idea that there is this idea of a strong woman is threatening. How do you think that we can re-navigate that? And is it our job to soothe men? to know that this isn't now women trying to be on top, the most powerful, but actually Mm -hmm. 
to your point, we are trying to just create harmony and equilibrium. How do you navigate that in your life? Well, you know, there is toxic masculinity and there is also toxic femininity. Mm. And so a woman in her toxic femininity is dangerous just as much as a, a man in his toxic masculinity is. So this is really about each woman coming back to herself and finding her divine feminine within her. And then as each woman taps into her divine feminine, she then brings that out into the world, not with force, not with aggression, just with being. That's the energy of the feminine. It just is. And that is the power that we're looking for. That is the aspect of the feminine that we are being called to receive. And for me, how do I bring that into my life? It's coming back to the slowness, the stillness, the trust, the surrender, all these beautiful qualities that I remembered when being in the birthing room with my, with my baby. How did I birth her? I had to let go. I had to surrender. I had to go slow. I had to be in my body. What in my mind? It wasn't about rushing her out. It was about being. And then she came. These are the feminine qualities, the divine feminine qualities that bring us back to that aspect. And that then when we exude and embody in the world, we create a healing and we create a balance. You know, my next question, you kind of already answered it, was going to be about what is divine feminine? Because again, I'm very aware that this wellness-centric world can throw out these terms and terminologies. Mm -hmm. And we're like, but what does that mean practically on a day-to-day -day basis? How on earth do I be my feminine and, and with life's demands? Mm -hmm. And so I guess, you know, perhaps I can ask you more on a practical front. Is there practices that you do by yourself on a day-to-day -day basis that helps you to stay in this equilibrium because it as much as when rationally we know that we should it's just mm. so easy to forget it based on the fact that you know we're still living in quite a masculine centered world totally so one one of the, the best practices that I use is this reminder that everything my mind is telling me needs to be done or everything that I have to do that day there's a quality that you can bring into how you do them or get them done. So as a mother and running my circles, being a wife, a friend, a sister, you know, I'm wearing, I have a lot of roles as a woman and most women do. We carry a lot of different roles, have to wear a lot of different hats. So how do you not step back into that patriarchal zone when you're in that? Well, for me, it's about treading lightly on that path. And knowing that sometimes it's just my mind who puts that pressure on me to get things done and to be productive and to tick everything off that checklist and actually to check in every morning with myself. So I tend to do it before I, I rise out of bed. I sit with myself and just. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Feel into how I'm feeling energetically today, to what is showing up for me. Am I already thinking about my to-do list or am I listening to the birds? Where am I at in my energetic body? And once I become aware of where I'm at, I have more of an idea of who I am today and what I'm going to be able to do and commit to and show up for. And then if I feel that energy and I feel that masculine go, then I'm going to show up and do those things and commit. But if I feel a bit more yin, if I feel a bit more inward, knowing that it's okay to move through my day in a slower pace allowing myself to tell that voice who's telling me to do that everything will be done in its time to soothe that part of me. And actually what you find is when you allow yourself to take it really slow and when you let go of all that you think you need to do, that's when the magic really happens in the beingness, not the doingness. Funnily enough, my father was actually the one to really make me see that taking naps is okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, him being in his masculine, and as he got older and invited more of this feminine spirit into his life, it's so interesting what you're talking about when you actually see we've got both genders within us, but actually men being able to take a break and like go for a nap and be in their being too, it yes. gives even more permission, I find. Totally. And, you know, we see it within the, the feminine cycle when we are bleeding, this is our invitation to just be, go inwards. And that's what we knew many moons ago that we've forgotten. You know, we forget that we don't have this, the spirit of the masculine, which is this linear solar energy. We have a cyclical energy like the moon, which ebbs and flows and waxes and wanes. And so within our very rhythm as a woman is this calling to go in and out. And I have, yeah, loads of different circles in the book for those different types of stages and phases in a woman's life, whether it's a dark moon circle or your first bleed circle or um, winter. All of them hold the same energy of, of going inwards. And I was really interested in the planning process because you have a section in the book that encourages if you are going to have a circle then planning is very important mm. can you tell us about the planning process why is that part almost essential so the preparation of your circle is the doing in the sense it's that kind of that masculine energy that we're talking about of having to get things done in order for you to step into the circle which requires no doing at all but requires you to just be and receive but in order for us to receive we need to prepare, right? We need to have our intentions set. We need to gather our tools. We need to be in the best space so that when we step in the circle, we can forget about all of it. I liken it to a temple. 
you walk into a temple and you see how much has been created so that when you step into it, you just have to feel it in order for you to sink in. And that's what a sacred space is. And if a sacred space isn't created with intention and with true preparation, then it's just any other space. So one thing that you talk about is cleansing rituals. What is a cleansing ritual and which ones do you find most effective? So cleansing rituals are, again, ancient feminine practices that use herbs or or resins or plants that hold medicinal properties to lift any stagnant energy or negative energy that may be in your space or on you, off of you, so that when you step into a circle or your home, you can leave what's no longer yours behind you. And they are really beautiful ways to clear the space, to open the space. And for me, I like to create my own smudge sticks. Um, So I grow sage and rosemary and lavender on my terrace in London um, in a little plant pot. So again, very accessible. I cut them and bundle them up and dry them. And then I use those smudge sticks. I light them and they will create a smoke. And the smoke is what will lift the stagnant energy and lift any energy that that should not be in the space out of the space. And I find this is what creates a neutral space for the work to begin. You also talk about um, using tarot cards. Mm -hmm. What is your experience of them? And I know there's some people have got quite a fear around them. Mm -hmm. So how would you address that? So I use oracle cards in the circles um, and oracle cards are slightly different from tarot whereby they deliver you a clear message rather than tarot, which kind of tells you a story. And with tarot, you tend to have to know the cards in depth and detail to use them. Whereas with an oracle card, you can pick a card and, and have the message quite clearly given to you then and there. For me, the cards are a very easy way to connect with the divine. So they're a kind of direct form line of communication. And in the circle, we're constantly receiving messages. We're receiving messages from ourselves as we dive into meditation. We're receiving messages from our sisters as they share their stories and their tales back to us. And then I love to bring in the cards to really bring the universe into the circle to bring messages from above into the space. And the easiest way to do that is by using the cards. I know you touched upon this earlier about the moon being a great guide uh, for circles at different times of the month, but there's so many different times of the moon that you can host a circle and have ritual around. Are there any particular points that you tend to focus on more than others? So the new moon for me is just a circle that is infused with potential and excitement and new beginnings. It's a time that we can gather where we can really sow our seeds and plant our dreams and share our wishes. Um, So for me, a new moon circle is just a joyous, exciting, powerful time to plant our intentions. And it is a time that we can see in so many cultures that we would have gathered to do something on a new moon and follow that new moon. So it feels really ancient when we gather under the new moon. 
But just as much, I love the dark moon, which is the opposite. The dark moon is the time when there's no moon in the sky and we have to surrender. We have to let go. We have to release. We have to trust that the light will return. And it usually brings up some of the darker aspects of ourselves, some of the shadows, some of the parts of us that are no longer serving. And to come together in circle, to honor those parts, to release them and to let go of them creates that space for, again, the the new to be birthed. Within these circle guides that you've written, you often include a prompt, questions that you know can be asked and the group can share. And some of the circles that you guide people through are actually to honor endings, mm-hmm. like grief in, in its many different forms. One of the prompts um, you share is, if my heart could speak, what would it say? Why is that a good prompt for a circle honoring endings? When we grieve and when we move through sadness and darkness, sadly, in our culture, it's something that hasn't been held or given space for people to navigate it. And so most of us are quite disconnected from that heart space, from the feeling, from allowing ourselves to open and be very real with what's rising. And so sometimes it's easier to name the heart as another entity within us, a separate part of ourselves, so that we can invite and allow that part of us to flourish and open, to really reveal and share what that part is feeling and that aspect. And for me, the grief circles are probably the thing that I was so strong about including in this book. Obviously, it's not the happy, joyous, light energy that the publishers wanted, Mm. but I knew it was the most necessary because we all find reason to gather when times are good, but how often do we gather when times aren't? How often are we sat alone, moving through, suppressing, numbing, not being held or witnessed as we move through the darker aspects of ourselves? So for me, these grief circles are the medicine that I feel we all need, really. It's just really powerful because you're right, when you're feeling a bit sad, you almost don't want to burden people with your sadness. You recoil and obviously you know that's the first signs of often depression is this aloneness and it really inspired me to a actually it was deeply comforting to know that there's a really amazing tool here and also inspiring for oh actually who could I potentially hold a circle for a friend who's experiencing or going through this like your book is a great way for us to be able to support the people in our community and close friends and family and also with these tools and these questions it's quite helpful because again I think a lot of us don't know how to respond verbally when we're seeing another person's pain and so there's a lot of tools in this book to be able to help you do that. So one of the things I think that's most powerful that I put across as well that is in the circle, we're not there to fix anyone. Yeah. We are there to open and hold the space. As women, we're so used to trying to find ways that we can help or solve or fix or change how we're feeling, give good advice or, you know, all these different things that we can do to help each other. But actually Mm -hmm. in the circle, 
The medicine comes from witnessing, listening, holding space. And actually, I say in my circles, when a woman is speaking, don't touch her. Don't hug her if she's crying. Don't even give her a thank you, anything. Don't respond to her as she speaks. Because what that does is that takes her power away. When we witness someone in their grief, when we witness someone as they're moving through their challenges or their stories or their fears, for her to know that she can hold herself, but she has the support of the women around her, that is the medicine of the circle, never to fix someone or solve it for someone. So the circle reminds women of that. So if you're holding space, you want to create a circle for for your sister, know that it's not your job in that circle to give her anything other than to see her, witness her, and listen to her. That's it. And that is why these circles are accessible for everyone, for everyone to be able to hold them. You don't need a degree. You don't need a therapy counselor, anything. You just need to know how to listen, how to see someone. And everyone knows how to do that truly. You also say in the book, there is no hierarchy in the circle. And obviously, I think it speaks to kind of the point you just shared. But I'd love to just finish on that point of there being no hierarchy. And what do you mean by that? Mm. So we are all there, I guess, circling back to that first quote, to walk each other home. And so the space holder, she is the one that creates the space. But when she steps into the space... She sits with each woman eye to eye and she is as much of the teacher as the other women gathering in circle. We all hold the medicine, the teachings for each other and therefore there is no hierarchy. We're all there to walk each other home. Ah, I just feel very warm and like buzzy after this really lovely chat thank you so much Anushka for this wonderful book how can people find you how can people find the book and if people have got questions where should they send them to so you can find me on instagram at the goddess space and the book is available for pre-order it comes out officially april 28th but pre-orders as a new author are so supportive so if you are hearing the call it would be beautiful um, to receive and if you have any questions feel free to dm me or go onto my website thegoddessspace.com where you can find my email as well amazing thank you so much for joining us thank you so much thanks poppy Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Not Perfect Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would deeply appreciate it if you wouldn't mind subscribing and leaving a review and perhaps maybe sending it to a friend who also might enjoy this episode. I can't tell you how grateful I am for those that share this podcast on their social media or with friends because it helps the show reach more listeners. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. So if you've had any thoughts or you want a specific guest coming up in future episodes just let me know shoot me a message on instagram or twitter it's just at poppy jamie and so until next time stay flexible stay true to you and stay leaning into love a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.